0: thank you so much Leila for joining me you are a USSR born, Israeli raised, South African entrepreneur and brand builder, founder and managing director of Wildcat and you know you're always such a big advocate for empowering future female creatives so quick question mm-hmm. off the bat you were born, Israeli raised what brought you to South Africa so
1: that was just part of the beginning of like my modelling career so I started when I was 15 and then as I turned about 17 started traveling so eventually ended up in Cape Town because there was obviously a good international market here at the time and there was a lot of international clients so you had the opportunity to be in one place and basically work with clients from all over the world so yeah and it was obviously a nice place to be at so. yeah
0: cape Town's is not the worst <laughs> <laughs> no it's
1: not it was probably the it, it was the first place i went to that for some reason when i got here it just felt like home so
0: yeah, it does have a very special energy with it but what were yeah. you doing before you started wildcat and then why and when did you start wildcat exactly
1: so I started modeling when I was still in school, so 15. Um, I didn't finish school, so my last year I just did some of the exams. I didn't officially actually finish school. Um, I started traveling. Obviously, in Israel, you are required to go to the army, but I got out of it because I was already traveling for about a year before that came about. So for me to stop what I was doing and going to another structure similar to a school which didn't really work for me anyways was just not who I was not that I even well I mean it's got its role but I'm not going to get into that but it's just not something I saw myself doing so yeah I I started traveling and um, ended up in Cape Town and I was modeling for quite a while um Yeah. And just through different jobs and obviously modeling was great during summer, but then obviously you had winter periods, which were very quiet. There wasn't any international clients around because obviously the weather isn't fantastic to do that. So you were down to basically local clients, which wasn't a lot. And then I ended up basically working quite a bit with um, JBS and Speedo at the time and just being more like in-house model and I spent just a lot of time in the factory seeing how things were being put together and just getting a little bit more involved with things and understanding that I actually really enjoy that and enjoy seeing things come together and the construction of items. And I I, I really had an understanding for it. And then, um, yeah, I think that, that just sparked something inside of me to say, well, I'm a little bit tired of waiting for the next casting and just sitting around and going to the gym and mm-hmm. taking care of my <laughs> physical appearance. And I just need something more because I think I was just bored at that point. I mean, I, I did modeling for quite a few years until then. So, um, yeah, I think I was just ready for something else. And then I ended up having a bit of an accident. Not not with a car, with a glass door, but I basically sliced both of my arms pretty badly. That's also, I've got a scar here. It was just quite a long recovery. And one of the things that I did beforehand, part of my search for a, a solution for my boredom, was actually a beading kit, which was just there when I came back from the hospital and as part of the recovery, I mean, my hand was in like a sling, just basically like holding it in for about like two months. So just recovery and like just uh, some sort of rehab with my hands was just me doing beading. And then I started really enjoying it, really got into it. And then um, basically through that, I got into YDE. So I started that was like my first like business. Yeah. Um, and i got into yd this was back just before Truist bought the whole thing um and yeah i just had a accessories and jewelry range in there for about 10 months um it was just school fees <laughs> because even though i didn't finish school i think i just did it in my own way and just through that experience just understanding from practical experience, what it means to run a business—I guess on the most basic level—and understanding just the basics of, you know, making sales versus actual profits, and managing stock, and managing issues, and yeah, it it was a it was a nice first experience, and I guess mm. my way of doing school.
0: <laughs> oh no, it's all started with beading. So how did you come up with the name Wildcat?
1: So I did that for about 10 months and on the side, I think because I still wasn't 100% sure as to what it is that I want to do, I was just moving with the flow and um, I was doing the beading and then through the beading came crystals. So I was doing most of the stuff I was doing was more like precious stones. So like gemstones, crystals, and then Swarovski crystals. And then this was pretty much the period where Ed Hardy was quite big, affliction, these types of brands. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, well, if that's really a thing, like why don't I combine what I do with the jewelry and start embellishing things. So as part of like the accessories was more like, let me try the crystals onto other things. So um, started just like a bunch of shirts and things um, like there would be a print and like little crystals in different areas. It was like quite hard, like skulls and, (laughs) <laughs> it was intense and then um yeah I just I saw obviously some form of response to it and it was basically men's clothing it was in a period where it wasn't readily available in terms of just the fits that um I was going for so it was very fitted shirts uh v-necks and it was just sort of coming in it was just at the beginning of like the Sort of fitness boom and mm. i think there was such a demand for these types of items for especially people that worked out and wanted to i guess look a bit more fitted show off what they've worked hard for and um yeah i started getting it into boutique stores and back then this was still the experiment portion which was called firefly and when the whole thing with YD finished, I said to myself, okay, well, I have to do something. And um, I felt like there was something about the v and the fitted tops that seemed to have taken off more than other things that I was looking at. And I went to a guy friend of mine at the time and said, do you want to do this with me? Because I think also through that experience, I didn't necessarily want to do another thing fully by myself Mm. and um, I guess just someone to share it with because I think I am very much a team player Um, so yeah, that formed what became Deranged and we did that pretty much from about 2010 and then in 2015 um, basically came Wildcat and that was basically doing menswear and seeing a demand for styles that were similar but more with a female appeal and then doing it trying to do it under the range which didn't really work because Mm -hmm. I think women are different than men and I think we just look for something different to identify with Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I, ju- I just didn't think that where that was going was something that would long-term appeal to a woman. Yeah. And there was quite a lot of designs that we played around with. Um, it was mostly like uh, lettering and numbers because it was very much like the the whole college vibe at the time. Yes, and I
0: remember it, deranged. It's very much – it's heavy gymming, like sweat beaters, and like you're saying, the lettering, no, like those but- college vests
1: now it is <laughs> yeah um,
0: like the gold gym gonna... type style I think of Durange. you know yeah, like this gold um, gym base
1: so when it started it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it, it had its own transition so it sort of started with skulls and like you know very heavy stuff and that was the influence of my partner at the time and then I was like but look at the college stuff. It really looks great. And we had the one design that had like DRNG 69. And it was okay. just uh, sort of cut out of uh, the V part. And it was, it was a very popular design. I was like, there's something here. Let's do this. So it was very much like college, sporty, track and field. Very, okay. I would say more, yeah, like, like yeah, more, more college type brand and then Wildcat came about and we were playing with similar things like minks and Mm. uh, like fox or then came Wildcat (laughs) so that was actually one of the designs and it was just at the beginning and then when I saw that design and it was um, it was a fitted uh, v-neck dress so it was Mm -hmm. like a like fitted bodycon type dress. And those actually became quite popular and just said Wildcat with like a cursive sort of swoosh on it. And um, when I saw the design and how it came out when we were shooting it, I, I don't know. I, it was just one of those moments that you're just like, this makes sense, you know? And I was like, let's do it as Wildcat. And I think since that point, it's sort of taken itself on its own journey of Mm. discovering what wildcat is and I think still busy discovering so
0: and I know that every year you do the ultimate wildcat search what encourage when did you start it and why did you guys decide to start it and continue it
1: so it started around 2015 can
0: you tell us Um, what exactly sorry the wildcat search is because I know you and I will know what it is but some people listening might not
1: so it also changes (laughs) so it's got its own evolution i feel but with the times i think it's more um, maybe the details change of what we're looking for how we present it or how we go about it but the main idea was just to give a platform for girls that want a different type of career and i think for me it's been I was blessed enough to have a mother that, although she didn't understand it at first, she ended up becoming my biggest supporter when it came to obviously me choosing the career I chose. But it's not common and it's not usual. And I think a lot of parents still, I mean, I think it's just in the search for wanting the best for your kid. But Mm. at the same time, you know, I, I think a lot of parents still struggle coming to terms with that being the best option but i think a lot of and, and this is something that i hear from a lot of the girls that i do speak to throughout the competition they want to be able to reach a point where they can make a living doing what they truly love mm. and it would be actually a, a pity for someone not to be able to because I've met so many girls that are so extremely talented and for someone like that to go and sit behind a desk doing something that they absolutely have no passion for. I mean, sure, there's certain moments where you have to do what you have to do. I mean, we all had to, but as like a long term, like lifelong thing. I I don't know. I, I just always felt it would be a waste and throughout this whole period, I think, for me, it was just a way to provide this platform for someone to be able to pursue that side of themselves and maybe even going through the process understanding that they can Mm. and having more self-belief in being able to. Um, With that being said, I think also coming into this type of platform, I think one has to have the right mindset as well because Mm. you have to be willing to take the necessary steps to move forward and um, wanting wanting to reach for more. And I think that's something that I've definitely seen where I can see a lot of potential in someone, but until they see that potential in themselves, yeah. they're not going to be able to reach that. And and it doesn't matter. I mean, you, you can literally serve it to someone on a silver platter. It's It's still not going to work. So I think providing the platform for girls that truly have a a natural talent for it to get more confident and be able to do something more and maybe be able to say to their parents, like, look, I've won this, there's something here, like, please give me the time to explore that, you know?
0: yeah so in the ultimate wildcat i saw that you were getting them to get creative with clothing and to come up with creative posts you even got uh chris rogers to come in and give some tips on how to do video content so it's you know you really help it seems like it's really helping girls to build their presence as well and their creativity and get those juices flowing when joining. yes
1: so the main goal obviously, as we progress is to also give them the tools. So Mm. it's one thing to say, okay, we have a platform where you win and you get to work with us. But it's also about what you learn along the way. So coming together with um, like aces for the past two competitions and taking it more into a creative space, um, supposed to maybe other competitions that look for just like Mm -hmm. models. This was more about finding creators and finding girls that have the potential to be sort of all encompassing someone that can represent the brand on a social platform, someone that can represent the brand from like a, you know, on a day to day appearance type in person and providing them the tools to really learn What else is out there? So with Chris, it was about showing them that although we all used to editing on our phones, taking everything on our Mm. phones, there's a whole world out there of professional, you know, videography or filmmaking or editing. There's a lot more possibilities. And again, it's not necessarily down to how you look. It's also about what you're able to create, which is, I think, where it goes deeper than that. It's it's beyond just, I'm an influencer, I can post something on my profile, I can put things together and it looks cool. It's also about, for some of these girls, taking mm. other creative paths, like photography, like videography, and other things, and just showing them the possibilities that are out there, because I I honestly do feel there's so many people out there that just don't necessarily need to end up in a, you know, desk job, doing a nine to five as everybody else, like Mm. there's other ways to get what you want out of life. So yeah, I think it's just opening people up to the possibilities and opportunities that are out there.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. i have loved watching the competition as it's gone on and meeting some of the girls this year as well. But owning your own business, such as Wildcat, and you've also founded Body by Wild, so it seems that you have quite a keen interest, obviously, in the health industry. So I wanted to ask you something is that, you know, what is something that you believe to be true about the health industry but other people might not agree that you've picked up on? Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty sure most people will not maybe take on well with that. But I think most doctors are not there to heal you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people really, really need to understand. And, you know, there's a whole industry out there that is about maximizing profitability. I mean, it, it's just what it is. And I think even in, in the greater scheme of things, I don't think we as humans need anything. I mean, not even supplements. I... Mm-hmm. Course, sure, I sell supplements, but I mean I don't use it myself because that's not where I'm at in my in, mm. in my space right now in my wellness journey. But um, I think there's different phases for each person to go through where certain things make sense for certain mm. points mm. in time and everything has a space, but I honestly feel if, if people looked more inwards than outwards for mm. solutions, I think a lot more will come of that. And I think looking at things more comprehensively rather than in isolation, I think that's been one of the biggest realizations I've had because I honestly feel that people fail to... I mean, I, I'm at fault of that also at certain points, but I think looking for answers with... Um, anything else that's external whether it's people whether it's um doctors whether it's you know medication or whatever it is but i think it's hard to look inwards but once you are and once you can become more self aware of yourself i think the real answers come and everything else outside of that is just putting plasters on it
0: yeah so and
1: again you know every person has their journey and i think um we're ready to see certain things at certain points, mm. and i mean if, if if we had to see everything at a point where we're just not ready for it it's, it's just too overwhelming you know yeah it's like even a child, if you think about the evolution of a child, they don't immediately come to this world being able to see and feel and i mean it's, it's such an overwhelming sensory mm. um, that even a child by nature is not designed to see everything all at once so I think as humans we are pretty much the same like we go through different periods where um, certain things
0: apply and
1: we go through a journey and then once we're done with this one journey we go to the next one and to the next one I have
0: to agree as well I think nowadays with doctors I mean, uh, so I, I've spoken with you about this as well. So I have rheumatoid arthritis, but to find out kind of what it was, I saw three different doctors. I went to a GP, then I went to uh, orthopedic surgeon, then finally a rheumatologist after the results, and no one knew what was wrong. We were running around, and you know, I've been reading quite a few books and hearing podcasts, like. Western medicine is not the same as what it used to be. It used to be about healing people, I think, but now we've separated mind and body when they are one thing, when it comes to healing and essentially, you know, the medical industry has become a business. They want repeat business. So like you're saying, they're putting plasters on wounds but it's because it's going to be repeat customers. Like you see all those big things come out about big pharma and we touched on this and I'm sure it's a highly contentious topic, but the doing the vaccinations, I did it, but then now I'm thinking, what was the point? I know that I don't think that you did. And lots of people had differing of opinions and now they're coming out with all these studies about it after forcing the whole world to try and take it. It's now, what was the point?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I personally didn't. But again, I had a baby during Mm. lockdown. So Mm. I mean, my perception of things and I think I, I was just on a different journey by that point that I was just doubting everything so badly. And again, like, uh, like someone might look at me from the outside and think, oh, this chick constantly talking about all these things and people say, oh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, I'm sure
0: there's tons. But while we're on the topic about, also, you know, the health issues, you've encountered some of your own health issues as well. You've shared about it on your personal Instagram, but you, uh, you spoke about your breast implants. What has been your experience with having that? Because I know you said it triggered some anxiety. There were health concerns. What, what was your experience?
1: Yeah, so that was part of my journey. It was just something that was sold to me by my agent at the time as the right thing to do for my career. So mm. for me, mm. I was always a very ambitious person. So if someone said to me, okay, well, you can get this done and this will be a great option for you because you're going to work better and things are going to work. It's, it's like, I know it's not the best example, but it's like going and learning a new skill or mm. getting in a certain let's call it advantage. It's like getting a notch in
0: the belt an extra notch in the belt kind of thing.
1: Yeah so it was one of those things and at the time it was just very fashionable because I mean when I started modeling this was like early 2000s so the whole look of like you know Pamela Anderson and you know like the whole Baywatch and everything was very like curvy, sensual, very sexy, commercial so Yeah, I was more on the commercial side of modeling. So that was sort of the selling point. And it was just very much in at the time. And it's not so much in now. And, you know, that's why I think, I mean, now there's other things that are trending. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, for me at that point, that was what I had to do for that part of my life. And um, I didn't think anything of it because, again, I was told that it's for life. This is, I think, why also, you know, when it came down to vaccines, I was like, yeah, I don't know, because I was sold things before, you know. (laughs) So, like, until you're sure and you've got your stuff sorted, then you can, without, you know, a shadow of a doubt, tell me, like, this is for life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's for life. You You live with the consequences.
0: What were some of the consequences that happened after the implants? Do you still have them in?
1: No, no, no. So I went through an excruciating surgery to remove them. Um, it's not something I wish on anyone. <laughs> um, you basically have your breasts cut open from side to side. So yeah, yeah it's 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 a lot worse than putting them in. Um, I mean, this was like a four and a half hour surgery because they have to literally peel it off. So, oh wow, wow.
0: With,
1: yeah, with the risks of basically um, having. Uh, let's say, leakage or something else that might be wrong inside. Um, So basically, once you get the implants in, your body starts creating a capsule around them, which is basically scar tissue that it creates in order to shield your body from the implants. So, because in in a way, it's basically like a foreign invader. Mm -hmm. So it, it starts creating this capsule, so it basically shields it in some form of like, literally a capsule. So the the implants are sitting in the scar tissue. Um, So in order to not take risks, especially for people that do have more symptoms, they have to literally cut around it. So they have to cut open the breast from the bottom and start cutting. So your scar tissue essentially attaches to your, in some cases for me, it was on top of the muscle, but for some people that had it under the muscle, I mean, they have to scrape it off the ribs. It's insane. I mean, it's, it's, that you know, you look at someone and think, this is so glamorous. No, inside, this is like proper rubbish. I mean, I, I've known women that had leakage inside that basically they had silicone uh, that ended up traveling in the body and ended up sitting on organs. So it's, it's really not as glamorous as they made it out to be. It's definitely not for life. And yeah, it was a, horrible surgery to have them removed the recovery is pretty intense i mean you have to sit for about a week to two weeks sometimes with drains which basically is a bottle that you carry around with with long tubes that drain from your breasts i mean you can barely even get up you can't do anything you can't Mm -hmm. lift anything you can barely even go to the bathroom so this is the reality of what it you know what it is and besides that i mean i was always a very outgoing person i was always very much um, into being out there and being with people and for me just past 18 to start having severe anxiety attacks unexplained rashes i would literally i mean i remember i had a a job booked uh, for jbs this was like a that they were doing a whole showcase of their ranges to the um, retailers. And I had literally, I I was booked every single day, the one week. I end up in emergency. I've got this crazy rash all over my body, like horrific stuff, like, like looks like burns. Um, They end up giving me an injection because you just have to take something because your body is just, full-on reaction, what is it okay. to, no one knows, mm-hmm. no one can explain, goes away, okay, I go work, literally afternoon hits, again, same thing, I was literally going, for, for a few days, I was going basically, I, I, it was just unexplainable, I was just having this constant reaction to something that I couldn't explain, no one could explain I don't know what it was. Um, And there's there's just so many instances of things that I felt that there was just never an explanation. And I Mm -hmm. became this person that basically goes to the doctor and the doctor said, okay, you probably need some reassurance. Okay. Everything's going to be fine. I'm like, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Like I
0: don't need reassurance. I need a solution.
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the thing when, when, and and this is, I guess, my my thing with doctors. And again, don't get me wrong. I've been to doctors that were very. I mean, especially homeopathic doctors that mm. very much look like to look at the whole history of the person and understanding yes. with the person, or even commenting on anything. And those are people that are very much interested in actually understanding what is the root cause of what you're experiencing. But you know, with some doctors, it's more like. If they can't see something physical on a piece of paper, black mm. on white, then you got nothing. And, you know, I think constantly looking for something that could physically possibly be wrong to just give you a, a reasonable explanation to why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Mm. I mean, I had moments um, later on, like closer to me actually removing them that, I wasn't even able to walk. Like I I would literally come to a point where I can't get out of bed. I can't stand up. And like when you start, I mean, you know, some of that, but it's literally like this crazy feeling of like, what's going on? Am I not Mm going to be able to walk? Like you, you get into such a state of shock that your body is just like, doesn't understand even what's going on. So I mean, I would have moments where I'm like, I can't walk. I literally can't walk, I can't get up, I can't get out of bed, I can't stand up, you're trying to stretch yourself, you're you're like in just enormous pain, everything is just giving up on you, and you cannot explain it, and they tell you that nothing's wrong with you, and from that to, I mean, I remember even a few months literally before I removed them, I all of a sudden, I remember I was sitting in the morning doing my makeup, all of a sudden the whole room starts spinning, I'm just having a severe attack like everything's just spinning and I mean for anyone that ever had a vertigo attack I mean that stuff doesn't stop spinning for a while (laughs) so I mean for like half an hour you're like just in a state of shock you're like what is going on am I going to be able to see straight like you just don't know what's going on and your body again goes into another state of shock because it's also like how do I deal with this because you feel like you're constantly under this like attack yeah um and at that point, we were obviously also trying to have a baby, so at that, like, I, I just, I kept having reoccurring miscarriages, mm. and I think when you know your body and when you're attuned to your body, you know... And mm. I would say to my husband, I, I feel like I- I- this is going to be it because I feel certain symptoms, I see, I see certain changes, and then all of a sudden, like, a, a few days delayed, severe pain, all th- and almost, like, couldn't necessarily pinpoint it, but then got to a point where it was, where the test comes back positive, everything, you're like, okay, I'm pregnant. A week later, it's done, you know? Oh. So, basically just constantly going through these phases and I mean for someone that's tried to do it for a long time going through this process I think it just becomes so just like discouraging and Mm. disappointing and I think we tend to blame ourselves also so very much like something's wrong with me I think that that's the kind of stuff that we say to ourselves and meanwhile if something was wrong with me it just wasn't necessarily wrong with me it was just something that was in my environment that was just preventing me from getting there. And if we look at things from another point of view of maybe a more holistic view, I think, and I I truly believe that everything is happens for a reason and everything Mm. happens at the right time to lead you on a certain path. And my mom was on my case for a long time beforehand saying like, how are you going to breastfeed with these implants? Like, have you thought about it? Everybody else does it. Surely I will do too, you know? So, At that point, I think I just had to come to the lowest of lows Mm. to be literally down on my knees, asking God to just give me the answer. And it was the weirdest thing because I think when we ask for an answer, we do receive it. I think also obviously at the right time for us to be able to even acknowledge that. And I remember I got into the car... And I used to listen to podcasts in the core, and this thing came up, and it was, uh, um, I think, Sarah's Day podcast. And they were talking with uh, Carissa Pukas, or however you pronounce her name. And she was talking about her journey. And she's like, Oh, and breast implants. I'm like, Oh, my word, like more about this. Like, I don't even want to hear it because I'm also like, I, by that point, I was also a little bit like, I had a full on phobia, like Don mentions something to me, then it's not going to leave my mind. Like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And um, I was just like, oh, okay, fine. I'll listen to this, you know? And just listening to it, there was a lot of moments where I was like, huh, uh, uh, like, and you know, like literally, like you just see the dots. Yeah.
0: Like, this is all you know? making sense now. Like, <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, maybe it's not just aging oh, maybe it's not just my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not crazy. And um, I guess I asked for some form of answer, and that was mm. the answer I received. Mm. And I think I had to be literally at my lowest to even be able to comprehend something like this, because, I mean, it did not mean spending a fortune. It did not mm. mean mm. Um, going through quite a process. And it did mean also... I think, emotionally and physically letting go of that part of who I was.
0: Not to say
1: that it's who I truly was, but it it became... It became
0: a part of you. But it's like you're saying as well, through the journey, sometimes we don't always see things for what they are, or maybe we're not ready to accept it, so everything comes at the right time. Because I know from when I was younger, um, I always wanted breast implants as well. But kind of, there was always reason that I wasn't getting it or was being stopped and I look now and I think oh thank god actually I didn't get it when I was so much younger because I don't care that I have them now I was like maybe I'll do it when I'm older whatever if I'm still bothered by it because it it, breast implants are sort of it's like an image thing it adds to the confidence on how you feel you look in your body in that in that thing and I know I've spoken with friends about it and but it's just I don't think that So many people are as aware as to what the implications actually mean, what it can do to your body, how your body may react. You know, it is a foreign substance that you are inserting into your body to be there indefinitely.
1: But that's the thing. I think this wasn't something that I got because I thought something was missing. It's Mm. something that I thought would be a good addition yeah you know because that idea that I was sold um but I think through time it does sort of become part of you and becomes part of like your identity Mm. you know um and then I think it's letting go mentally and you know emotionally from the idea of what you thought you were towards something else of what you can be and Mm. I think you really need, and this is the hard part because I know quite a few girls that still have them that are pretty much aware that no, some had severe issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think making the decision to actually go through the process, you either have to come to a point where you're just so low that you're willing to consider it because you just want to be able to breathe um, yeah. from a physical point of view or you have to be able to fully let go and just wanting to be your authentic self again. So, so it wasn't so much – it was letting go of this fake image mm. of who I was supposed to be to maybe other people perceiving me, but it, it wasn't who I was. Yeah, And I think it came at the right time because it was just before I had my daughter because once they were out of me, we didn't have any issues – so surprise
0: (laughs) Um, everything happens for a reason like you said because i'm sure you needed to go through that whole holistic revolution physically mentally emotionally spiritually needing to go through that before embarking on your next big chapter in your life
1: i think it also has allowed me to really truly have faith in just myself Mm. creation everything around me like you know believing that like the right answers will come at the right time and and god will show me the way and i think that was that that path because i went into this thinking i'm like i'm dying you know like i I said this to my husband so many times like i'm dying like that was my perception of my life that is that's a low point yeah this is me being down to my knees <laughs> i'm dying um and i think i had to go through it because also i think having a child it's such like a, a point of a transformation mm-hmm. that um you i mean it, it's unlike anything you would experience you know there's a reason we go through it it's, it's another dimension of who we become and you know, going through that journey, I had to go through coming to a point of having a child, I think being able to selflessly fully mm. dedicate myself to it, at that point, also understanding that we have all these physical attributes, but they all have a purpose so if mm. you, if you look at in a more comprehensive view again, breasts are not there for looking perfect, they're there for feeding a child, yeah. <laughs> surprise <laughs> that's such all a the revelations. it all kind
0: of comes full circle
1: yes and at that point you know and and I see so many people go for this and I can truly relate because you go I, I managed to breastfeed my daughter for now over three years I mean I'm still going which is insane but I literally didn't even know if I could. I mean, again, Mm. I had major surgery three months before I got pregnant. I didn't expect to be able to, and women go through so much bullying when it comes to even like nursing children that it's just unimaginable actually. Again, doctors. Um, But, you know, for you to even be able to let go because there's certain changes that happen and you have to Mm. be able to be okay with that because you're like, okay, my body changes and my stomach grows because I have to give birth to a child. And then you look at it and you go, okay, well, things don't necessarily look exactly the same.
0: Or how you want, maybe.
1: Yeah, in your perception. Yeah. But, you know, you also get this crazy gift Mm. which elevates you in so many different other levels that it just makes all of that so meaningless and while I still obviously want to look good I I mean I feel that I look better now than I did before my pregnancy um but that's amazing because a lot
0: of women don't often say that thank you for sharing that story with us in the journey I'm going to quickly segue into the next segment uh, that I call the ABCs of your career So we'll start with A, what was your amazing, affluent Oprah Winfrey aha moment in your career journey?
1: I think basically just realizing Wildcat for what Wildcat is. Uh, I mean, yeah, just seeing it in that moment, in that photo shoot, just having that moment of like, this could really be something. I think that would be probably the most memorable.
0: Amazing. Was that right in the beginning of Wildcat when you were doing a photo shoot? Yeah,
1: 2015. Yeah.
0: Okay. And B, what was your business blunder turned to blessing?
1: Um, I won't necessarily get into the details, but there was something that came about a couple of years ago where I was supposed to go into close business partnership with someone and I think things at the time didn't work out the way they were supposed to work out and it felt like there was like a derailment almost
0: mm-hmm. but
1: looking at it now I think it was the best thing that could have happened just how how I saw things play out around me now I, I think it was just the right decision like I was just, yeah. I think it was just the way it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes things have to fall apart for it to come together. And see, what is your cinematic, worthy, comical, cock up moment?
1: So, I don't think that my life has ever been a comedy, I think my life has always been a drama so i don't (laughs) think
0: i quite have a A dramedy
1: (laughs) yeah basically so i i think i i would like if you had to describe my life it would be anything but a comedy i mean maybe like a twisted kind but like it's more like a crazy (laughs) crazy drama everything just happens in certain moments that come in other moments and it's like constant peaks and lows and i don't know it's 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 drama it's very much drama
0: so it's hard to pinpoint one moment <laughs> yes.
1: I, i'm not i'm not the type of person that does things like without thinking about mm. them like i'm quite well thought off in most aspects so i just don't have moments where i'm like oopsie like maybe small ones but it's not something that i would even remember enough to recognize yeah
0: I care about enough yeah, and um, moving to the quickfire round. So this is the last segment in the podcast. So the first word or sentence or something that comes to your head. Um. So number one, if there's something that you could change about people's perception, what would it be? We'll change people's perception on
1: that anything is possible. So like, I, I think a lot of people just don't realize enough how many possibilities are out there. I, I wish, just having having faith you know mm. yeah having faith i think i think that's probably sums everything just having more faith even for those that have found faith finding more because i yeah. think we always need more mm.
0: what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received
1: worst piece of advice uh, probably everything that told me to do what everybody else is doing
0: <laughs> so
1: yeah that does sound
0: horrible (laughs) and what is your go-to hype song this is a tough one (laughs) so
1: i i don't listen to a lot of english songs lately and like the girls that like know me up close like know why because i'm i'm quite a prude when it comes to um lyrics so yeah i i I think we just hit a phase now where like everything is just very extreme in terms of like certain words that I just don't like to listen to, and I don't think I'm a bad bee, you know. So I just uh...
0: <laughs> I don't think I'm a bad bee. <laughs> I love
1: that. No, um, don't see things like that. Um, so I think for me it's anything like Latin because mm. even though they probably mm. say similar stuff, at least I don't. least you don't understand it.
0: Understand it. it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. So just give me Latin music. <laughs>
0: and if you could live in any book in the world which one would it be or if you're not into fictional writing what is a book that you would highly recommend
1: so I think one of the books again I I don't read fiction as you probably would have guessed um but I think one of the best books that I've read one of the first actually, well not first but recently um is uh, think and grow rich i think it's one of the only books that i think has so many different dimensions that it's something that you could literally probably read over and over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over and if you're not
0: into books watch the movie and final question three people that you would have over for a dinner party dead or alive
1: look i mean if it was dead and it it depends on your mood right if you want to hear it like nice stories, you would probably invite family members and Mm -hmm. people that you would really like to know because I would love to know what my family was, like, going beyond the people that I've met, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think now, if it's for entertainment purposes, um, probably someone like Grant Cardone because I think he's just a fascinating dude. And maybe... Andrew Tate, love that guy. I know everybody says and has their opinions, but, I mean, I think the the, the he means well. Um,
0: maybe Donald Trump. Wow, a very controversial yeah. dinner party. <laughs> exactly. You Trump, see, Andrew
1: t- Tate. You, exactly. Wow. But think of the entertainment value if you had to record something like That's this. That's very this, true. This is going to be quite interesting. Like, you've got people that are quite similar in the way they go about things, but so different from so yeah. many different aspects. So I think that would be a pretty interesting dinner. And I'm all about good reality TV.
0: So. Yeah, that would be <laughs> great. It should be, they should. you should start a series like called like Controversial Dinners or something and getting all these people in like Andrew Tate and Trump in the same room with someone else. Uh, but get someone who's like left-wing liberal, like um, – What's that? But, but
1: think about it like, like, I mean, Grant Cardone is basically the only person that wasn't close to jail. Well, actually, no, he was in jail when he was young, I think. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, it's amazing. Because, I mean, if you think about it, both Andrew Tate and Trump now, I mean, the guys had to withstand so many different things. I mean, I, coming from more like a business aspect, I mean, to be able to go in, into jail and be able to come out of it. I mean, the mental strength that you have to have, and especially, I mean, watching him get on a plane literally every week, going to another flipping indictment, I mean, that's insane. Like, yeah. do you know how much strength you have to have as a person? Mm. Like, tremendous. A lot of
0: resilience.
1: So, I mean, regardless of what people think, this one, did that. I mean, politics are a deep conversation, but, I mean, the amount of strength you need to have as a person to be able to withstand something like this is just tremendous. And I mean, you have to have respect for that.
0: Thank you Leila so much for coming on to the podcast. I've really appreciate it. It's been so lovely talking about health controversial people and yeah, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much.
1: Of course. Bye.